0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tanar.
1: Welcome to Apply Filters, episode 34. Uh, today, we are honored to have a special guest, Patrick Rollin, join us. Uh, and also, as usual, is my co-host, Brad Tanar. Today's episode is sponsored once again by the WP Ninjas, who are the creators of Ninja Forms and Ninja Demos. Uh Patrick, who is with us today, is also one of the developers of Ninja Forms. He's does some work for them, and he also does a bunch of work with WooThemes on WooCommerce. So we're going to get in and talk to him about all of that work here in a few minutes. Before we do that, though, Brad, why don't you tell us what you've been working on?
0: Yeah, so we we got uh, 0.8 of the Amazon S3 and CloudFront plugin out, which is pretty awesome. It's got so that's
1: a- the that's the free one, right?
0: Yeah, it's a free one, and uh, it's got a new, like, completely re- redesigned UI for uh, for the settings. I think it's just way more clear how to configure that plug Before, it was just kind of a hodgepodge of settings, and nice. it's a lot, lot, I'm, I'm lot clearer. I'm looking at your
1: screenshots now, and they look really clean and nice.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I'll have
1: to give that a look. I'm actually in the middle of doing some S3 work right now, so maybe I'll go steal your code.
0: Yeah, the... Um, do it, do it, man. That's what it's for. <laughs> it's it's free, free open source. Um, it, yeah, the probably the most proud thing of that UI is the the thing I'm most proud of is the uh, the preview, the URL preview. So as you change this the uh, the settings, it like changes this preview of what your URLs are going to look like. So you, you can kind of see in real time what they're gonna what what they will be like. So yeah,
1: that looks really really nice. I'll have to give this a go. Yeah. Especially, I'm not really happy with the the S3 stuff that I have, that that I'm kind of working on right now. It's it's our EDD extension for it. And I really kind of want to change how it works. Yeah, yeah. So I use a little bit of that for inspiration.
0: Cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of of the pro version of that plugin is going to be an EDD add-on. Just so that you don't have to use kind of... A, a hodgepodge of plugins. I'm really excited for that. That would yeah.
1: probably be wonderful things for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, another thing we worked on is we reorganized uh, our repo, repo for uh, our Git repo for MigrateDB Pro nice. into like so we brought all the add-ons into the same repo. And man, it just feels good. It just feels good to have.
1: A lot of for the development tracking, I bet.
0: Oh, it is. It is. I mean, there's little there's little things that are not quite right. Like when you create an issue, like how do you, how do you flag it as a, you know, it's for this add on and not for the core plugin. Right. But it's, those really are minor. Like, those are we, pretty bad things, yeah. yeah, we're just using labels, like GitHub labels and, and adding little tags to the title. And so it, it's working out pretty awesome. That's great. I'm pretty happy with it so far. So yeah, that's uh, and then we're just in the latter stages of testing a big release for the media files and CLI add-ons. So
1: excellent. Any rough time frame for when those will be out?
0: Uh, w- probably in the next couple of weeks. I usually give lots of buffer because <laughs> <some, laughs> it's so hard with software. I find to put numbers on things as you know, they tend to slip. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, honestly, I think if you hit if you actually hit a release date. Uh, the probably only reason you hit it was because you were done like a month in advance and you were just sitting on it waiting to push it out. Yeah. Like, but the likelihood of that happening is so slim. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever hit an actual release date.
0: No. I mean, I don't even know how I used to do it with client projects. I mean, I just, I guess we just used to make that, you know, probably cut corners. It's probably what we did. Right, but with products, I just I've refused to do that. Right, right. <laughs> cut corners.
1: I'd, I'd rather get it right and get it out than rush a release.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't make you any say. Anyway, what's what what are you up to, man?
1: Uh, so we just pushed out uh EDD two two three, which was just a minor point release, but it actually contained quite a few little bug fixes. I think we had about twenty six different issues that got corrected in it. Um, just a little bit of extra stability. Uh, and this was a really fun release for me. Um, because it was the first release that we've worked on where I had a co-lead developer. So I think I mentioned uh, in one of the last episodes that we're getting ready to hire a new full-time developer for EDD. And anyway, that happened on January 1. So Chris Glosowski, who used to work for GoDaddy, is now working with me on EDD full-time as the co-lead developer. And so 2.2.3 was mostly him just committing tons and tons of little fixes that have been sitting around for a while. Um, (laughs) It's just a lot of fun.
0: He's just going through them like a machine, right?
1: Yeah, he really was like, it was, uh, it's one of the first releases where like I'm, I'm involved with every release just as, as the lead developer on it. But it's the first time that I've ever had somebody slaughter me in the total number of commits for a release. (laughs) Like I think I had about five or 10 commits, for that release and Chris had about 65 or 70 <laughs> and it was awesome, Like it was awesome to have someone else working on it so steadily and getting so many things fixed up uh, not, and so I'm really excited for the future of that as well.
0: Not not even close, that competition, <laughs> that's
1: uh, And then the other big thing is uh, yesterday we pushed out a release for our PayPal payouts add-on for affiliate WP, which allows you to process affiliate earnings uh, via PayPal from your WordPress dashboard. And we pushed out a release because we discovered this really annoying uh, behavior with the PayPal API. So kind of API 101 is that when you return a response code, that response code should uh, be appropriate for the actual response. So if you have to authenticate your request and the authentication fails, you return a proper response code. If everything is good, you return a 200 response code. It's like API 101. Well, it turns out that PayPal will actually give you a 200 response code on about 50 or 60 uh, actually invalid API requests. Um, and so they have two layers of response codes. They have a, a response of 200 and an OK message that says, this is great. But then they have another like their own custom error code that they'll return that says, oh, the authentication actually failed. Um, and so we pushed out this, this bug fix because we would have false positives. We'd try to process a payout, and it would say, everything is great. The payout was processed successfully because PayPal told us it was. But then there's no money transferred. Um, huh. And we discovered it's because they have these extra uh, error codes that they return, even though they told you the API success, the API request was successful, which was pretty obnoxious and took us a little while to track it down. Yeah, it's really um, so FY, if you're building a, if you're building an bizarre. API, don't return a 200 response code if your error if you have an error.
0: <laughs> okay, so so the the HTTP like header code was fine, but
1: right, right. but
0: in the res- there's a code in the response that indicates As that well. there was an error, like
1: even on an authentication. So like when you pass in your API keys and your credentials and your signature, right. Um, like they have one version of their error code that will actually return a is it 401 or 403 is unauthorized? Okay. Uh, and then a second version, which is also unauthorized, but returns a 200 response code. So you can't reliably ch- rely on uh, the response code. Right. Right. Which is awesome. So they're
0: using right. So they're using two different like a two different sets of codes.
1: Yep. Awesome. Yeah, it was super. Super fun. Yeah. I
0: have a I have a question about um about your your co-lead developer. Um, sure. So when he's like powering through all those bugs, I'm going to guess that, you know, someone's not reviewing his work. He's nope, just committing.
1: We're, we're reviewing all of them. So we're doing peer review. Okay. Um, so for the last two years, two and a half years of having EDD up and going, um, there's been the basic process where all contributors will submit pull requests for changes. I will commit directly just as as a lead developer, I would generally commit directly. We've changed it now since we now have two lead developers working on it, where every single merge goes in as a pull request and every single one gets peer reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may take a little bit longer to get in, but there's always two sets of eyes on every single change.
0: Gotcha, and and tested as well.
1: And each, tested each time, yeah. huh. So we're, we've we put in a, a rule that we don't ever merge a pull request if a unit test is failing or until the unit test passes um just in general and so far that's been awesome along with like all the the other things he did i think he introduced about 30 new unit tests for 223 right which is awesome
0: what about tested like tested by someone else like a peer, peer review and that's peer part tested. of the
1: that's part of the pull request
0: oh, okay review. cool yep. nice yeah that's and the so same that's, really that's well. the same process we use as well yeah, it does work well. Do you guys do a, you guys do like a round of release testing before you push everything out as yes. a release?
1: So usually what we do is we, we take all of our changes, we merge them into a release branch, and then we'll do testing on that branch, uh, and then we'll do one final merge into master right before release, then we'll test on that. And I usually push uh, the master branch up to one, two, or three of my live sites and let them run for a few days or a few weeks before release. Right. Um, and so, like, with 223, we had it running on the ED site for 48 hours before right. release. Yeah. Let's just uh, test it live. And that way, I mean, if we're going to find a problem, we're we're going to be one of the ones that are more likely to find it um, just because of how we use it. Um, and I would rather us fight a bug than have a user fight it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's much easier. Yeah. For sure.
1: So, cool. Patrick, you're here, and you've been kind of... Background for the last 15 minutes. And so, why don't you say hello, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and where you work?
2: Cool. So, yeah, my name's Patrick. I, uh, I'm i the WooCommerce product manager at WooThemes. So, you know, you're talking about doing these releases for EDD, and if, and it's, i, I kind of be the guy that would, I plan the roadmap of WooCommerce. So, um, I, I mean, I feel like WooCommerce is big enough that we have. A dedicated person just to talk to customers and do customer research, yep. and then to kind of translate that for the developers. So that's that's what I do in my day job. So
1: as the so product manager is that uh, does that involve both WooCommerce core and WooCommerce extensions?
2: Yeah, um, it's kind of. I mean, I view it as one product basically. Obviously, sure. one is free, and the extensions you have to pay for. But I mean, it's one.
1: It's, it's one, one ecosystem.
2: Product. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. What we've gone so far as bringing our add-ons into the same repo, right? That's that's. So I definitely feel it's one product,
1: Mm -hmm. for sure. So, so you're really the interface in 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 a way between like what customers want and the developers. Is that kind of accurate?
2: Yeah, um, and I, th- I think every, every product manager at every company is different, uh, sure. but in, in my company that was the, the gap that needed filling, so that's kind of what I do. Um, I, I think other product managers will do maybe do some marketing, other guys will do UI and UX reviews and mock-ups, uh, but yeah, for me mostly, it's mostly talking to customers and figuring out what they need.
1: Okay. Very cool. cool. And how long have you been uh, working as the product manager? Because before that, I believe you were a freelance developer, right? Like four months or something like that. So not too long.
2: Uh, okay, I was developed develop for about four months before that, uh, and then before that, I did WooCommerce support.
1: Cool, and you were in you were in WooCommerce for support for what, maybe a year or so?
2: I think I think exactly a year.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, when did you first get started in in WooCommerce development?
2: So I working for an agency in, uh, back when I lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and uh, we did some really awesome WooCommerce sites. Some like you know really really high end stuff with lots of custom. You know they want this here and this here and change the checkout flow so it adds this extra thing here, and we used WooCommerce for that, and it was great. I mean, and it was one of those times where I. I like WooCommerce is one of those plugins and EDD is one of those plugins where there's just hooks everywhere and you can just do anything. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so I kind of fell in love with it back then. That was, that was probably about a year before I joined the support team.
1: Hmm. Cool. cool. And you were doing development work before then too, weren't you? Uh, Yep. Yep. So when I was working, go ahead.
2: Yeah. When I was working at the ad agency, I did I basically did all of their web developments. I did mostly WordPress, but I also did some like CodeIgniter and some
1: other random web stuff for them.
0: As you do when you're working at an agency.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mhm. Is that is that ad agency what got you into development or were you doing development work before you were working there?
2: No, so I uh, yeah, uh another job before that, and I was doing straight-up uh, PHP MySQL, custom uh, custom PHP MySQL applications, which is the craziest thing. Like, uh, We didn't use any frameworks. We didn't use CakePHP or CodeIgniter. We didn't use anything. It was just straight-up PHP MySQL, which made it like I learned how to code everything from scratch, which was great, but it also took a long time to build a login page.
1: <laughs> right definitely there's, a, there's like, a lot of things that people kind of take for granted when you work within a framework of any kind
0: yeah and oh and, God, I... and to build a, a, a login page that's bug free that's that's the hard part you can mm-hmm. build one and that takes long enough from scratch but it's probably gonna have bugs <laughs> it's probably not gonna be very secure so, right
2: so i built when i was working at that place i built a time tracking app and I did my very best to test it, and I never found a single bug. But I'm sure if there's somewhere Like One person did an entire time tracking up, and no one peer-reviewed it. Oh, no, like, it was all custom. There's a bug in there somewhere, and I can't, oh, my God. I don't know how they're going to find it and how, how hard it's going to be to fix a year down the line.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's why I think a lot of people are considering using WordPress Mm -hmm. as a framework or or at least that's what I've been hearing people say Um, just for that reason just so that they don't have to deal with all the user management stuff right (laughs) it's because it's a huge pain Mm
1: -hmm. so um, Patrick I want to hear some more about uh, some of your WooCommerce work as well as some of the roadmap stuff for the upcoming WooCommerce release 2.3 but before we do that why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do with Ninja Forms?
2: Sure. So um, well, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but I actually found Ninja Forms through you. Uh, I think you were gonna, uh, review Ninja Forms early, um, and I found this link and found Ninja Forms and believe it or not, at the time, I did contact Form 7, I'm ashamed to say. Uh, <laughs> I did not know
1: that. That's awesome.
2: Um, and uh, so I found Ninja Forms, I loved it, and I tried to get my agency to build some extensions for Ninja Forms, but they didn't understand, so I just built them myself. So I, have, I think I have like nine Ninja Form extensions now on their, on their marketplace, lack of a better word.
1: That's excellent. And, and that's all uh, on the side, right? That's not in any way related to, mm-hmm. like, you own those and not things, right?
2: Correct. I own all those. Um, and through that relationship, I, I think I suggested, yeah, somehow WooThemes wanted to build a Ninja Forms add-on for WooCommerce, and then I was the logical guy. I connected them, and I built the extension myself since I have built for both systems. So that was pretty cool.
1: So can you tell me a little bit more about what the extension that connects WooCommerce to Ninja Forms does?
2: Sure. So I'm, I'm sure you have customers that want really custom products, you know, maybe like a product builder or something that takes a lot of different pieces, and this plugin is really good for that, so it'll take a ninja form and put it on the product page and then people can use all of the ninja form fields to customize their product. And the cool thing is that it uses all of the magic that's in ninja form, so um, stuff like conditionals. So, you know, when they select this field, then give them two more fields that show up for them to fill in, and then you can add all that to the cart and it comes through as a regular product in the back end.
1: Does that let you adjust the prices based on the options they choose too?
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. So you can say this thing is worth this option is worth three, and all the others in this drop-down are worth four. And then when you have this thing down here, double the price.
1: That's really cool. Does does all of the information inputted in that field then get added to like the order meta so that the store admins can see it? hmm Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it does it on
2: a per. No, it does do it, it does do it on a per sort of um, field basis. It'll say this field costs nine, this is eight, this is five. So all of that together is, I can't do math. You know, twenty three. Sure. I think that was right. Um, so I was yeah. thinking
1: of an example where someone might use that. Uh, would be, like, if you had custom projects or, like, you sold some sort of product that you could have people add signatures or engravings and things like that to. You could add all of those options where they choose from, and then after they submit the order, the store admins can see what they chose to know how to configure the final product.
2: Exactly, yeah. In the back end, you can see all the things they they selected. Yep,
1: that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I can I can imagine that there's one of those for, for Gravity Forms and commerce, too, isn't there?
2: Yep, it's so I uh, yeah so there's the one for Gravity Forms and I I built the Ninja Forms one, but I, I, I really like that one. I really like the Ninja Forms one better because I think one of the things we learned with Gravity Forms is like there's like ten different checkboxes like hide labels and and click here and then the prices refresh refresh with Ajax or something, and there's all these options for Gravity Forms and for Ninja Forms there is. There are no options. It's add a form to this page. Which form do you want to select? Save.
1: Nice. And it's I just, would love it's, it when you can build something that doesn't have options but is really powerful. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a little I still intrigued by this extension. So how? Where's the overlap between like product variations and adding a an Ninja form to it? Because with I may not be familiar enough with product variations, mm-hmm. but can't you mm-hmm. add a lot of that like option meta? Two variations as well.
2: Yeah. So so with regular product variations, that's that's really good for you know when you're selling a T-shirt that comes in three different colors and four different sizes. Um, and then with variations, you can kind of say they're all ten dollars, or all the smalls smalls are eight dollars, and all the mediums are nine dollars. Um, what you can't really get though is a when someone When someone selects this field and it's red, add $3 to the price. And when someone selects this field, add $4 to the price. And when they select this, subtract $5 from the price. Um, You can't quite get that with product variations. Got it, Um, makes
1: sense. Yeah. That's very, very cool.
0: Cool. Should we move on to the big ticket item, WooCommerce 2.3?
1: Yeah, so this is, Patrick, how long has WooCommerce 2.3 been in development?
2: Roughly, a couple you know. months. Um, I'd say four or five months.
1: Okay. Wow. What are What are some of the the major points for this?
2: So I think. Uh, so we always uh, code name our releases. So this is two point three Handsome Hippo, nice. and uh, uh, and Handsome Hippo because it's 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 basically a UI refresh. We've I don't know if you do this, but we've kind of like for the last two releases when people have UI suggestions that would require you know, some architecture changes more than just a simple add a drop shadow. We kind of pushed them to this release. So we've had a couple release worth of UI changes that we've just been pushing back and pushing back. And then we were able to make all of the UI changes in this one big release. Um, and I think it's good, uh, because some, some changes, of course, affect multiple areas.
1: Is this the, uh, for the uh, like the more flat UI? One yep. One.
2: yep, yep, so it's more flat, um, but I mean, it, it's a—it's uh, more than just, you know, changing the buttons from round to flat, it was, we also changed some of our templates, and I don't, do you use templates in EDD?
1: We do. And Not it, I as mean, many, because we don't have nearly as much front-end display stuff, mm-hmm. um, but we do have them.
2: But, I mean, I'm sure you know, when, it, like, you don't change a template unless absolutely necessary. Right. And hopefully you can do it in such a way that if someone has an old template, it doesn't explode their site when they upload to the new version. So we're very careful, you know, when you should change templates. Yeah. Um, I,
0: I like the way WooCommerce versions the templates, at least, so that if you've overridden a template and the version number in yours is older than the version in the core... It's basically tells you. It says you're, you've got a template that needs to be updated. I thought. Oh, I didn't know that. that yeah. that is very nice. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty neat.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And that has come from uh, pain points from the like that was probably contributed by someone in the support team who said, "Oh my God, I am so ticked. I'm so sick of people having outdated templates. I am going to
1: sure, write okay. something in the system." Uh, I mean, we see that with with EDD for sure. Um, primarily, our our main template file that gets modified is the checkout screen. Um, for mostly the shopping cart, uh, mm-hmm. and when that template file was still pretty fresh um, after the first couple releases, after it went in, uh, we had a lot of people modifying it. And then because it was so fresh, we had changes that went into it, and we had a few sites that that didn't necessarily break, but they didn't they didn't see a new feature or yeah. uh, something like that because they had a new template file. I really like that idea of versioning them and showing a message. I might have to steal that.
2: Totally. It'll 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 help you it'll help your support team for sure.
1: Yeah, that's great. Is there any expected places where you think there will be breakpoints? I mean, obviously, with something that's as large as WooCommerce, with so many millions of sites, that there's going to be something that breaks somewhere. Um, is there an anticipation for what those points will be, or like the most the most likely pain points?
2: Uh, in the past, the most likely pain points have been third-party themes, whether they be on WordPress.org or on a marketplace or, or on someone's own site that they're selling. Third-party themes that are in bundling our theme or our, our templates and selling them to other people because then they usually bundle old templates and they don't update them more than once a year. So that's probably where people are going to have the, sure. biggest, uh, the biggest problem. So what I, what I actually did this, with this release is I reached, I looked through our support system and figured we we can parse our system status it, through our ticketing system and figure out how many people are using each theme. So I looked at the top ten themes and reached out to every single one of them and said, yo, yo, dog, we're changing our templates. Please make sure you update them and, you know, send out a release before we release 2.3.
1: That's smart. Cool.
2: So I... I hope they listen. I don't know how many will, but I, I sent out a whole bunch of emails about that.
1: Well, any, anyone who is seriously selling a theme, if they don't listen, they would be a fool to to not. But Right. Uh, right. And, and anybody who's not really seriously selling a theme that has doesn't have nearly as many users won't be as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, another change that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I see mm-hmm. any feedback you have on this, and the main reason I'm I'm interested in this is because this is actually we made the exact same decision in ED about six months ago, and that's the changes you guys are making to the coupon system. Ah, um, yep. So the big one that I'm referring to is taxes. So mm-hmm. the discounts before taxes versus after taxes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what can you tell me about that?
2: Yeah, so we actually made a whole post about that on our uh, develop blog. Uh, that's, just, that's how just, I knew you guys
1: were making this. I hadn't seen it until then.
2: Oh uh, and and we just do that just to like explain things and so when people send us in tickets about things, we're like Here, here's why we do it. Um yeah. but yeah, it's just um it's it's really hard when you're a developer and someone tells you this is how taxes work in your country and you go, Okay, cool, I'll I'll have a you know, apply coupon before tax option. Right. And then and then there's just like they're just random people talking to you on GitHub um so we eventually, you know, talked to legal experts and figured out that, oh, maybe this applying a tax before the coupon discount doesn't make sense. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're taking that out.
1: Yeah, so, so we had the exact same thing where there was a checkbox that says, would you like taxes to be applied before or after discount codes? And man, that was, I think, the biggest pain point that we ever had in taxes and discounts. Mm-hmm. because it complicated so many things especially when you start getting into like the idea of products that are inclusive or exclusive of tax uh, I was really glad to see that option come out um, for one because it helped validate our decision to take it out mm-hmm. uh, and two because we also just ran into a big bug with that uh, in affiliate WP where mm-hmm. we discovered that affiliate coupons where like if you have an affi- if you have a coupon that's connected to an affiliate account anytime that coupons used it re- Rewards a referral sure. to the affiliate. Well, it turns out that they don't work at all if it if taxes are applied before discounts, oh. which we didn't know. But so you guys actually have uh, fixed a bug for us without we doing anything, which is kind of nice. All right, because <laughs> we, we were able to just tell people, look, it's going away. Sorry, don't use that option. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome, glad to hear it. Made me happy. Ah, uh, God, yeah, taxes. I, I I don't know if we're, if I can go into rant mode, but taxes and e-commerce are just, like, that is the worst part of e-commerce. is just e-commerce figuring out... By far. Like, figuring out taxes and then when someone from, like, Germany messages you on GitHub or leaves you a, a message on GitHub and says, this is how it works in Germany, and you, like, don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, international tax laws are difficult as mm-hmm. a whole. German tax laws are about a hundred <laughs> times harder. Is they're, that right? Huh. Oh, they're, they're obscene. Um... Like we've had we've had so many issues from from German users that just be like just say, this is law this is a law here that it has to be this way in order for my site to be legal, um, and sometimes we just want to say well sorry we don't know what German laws are like what do you want us to do, um, and sometimes we can fix it sometimes we can't but some of them are pretty crazy like. Uh, requirements to show amounts at the top and bottom. Requirements to show the cart items on a separate page before you ever get to the checkout page. Requirements to show yeah. uh, the yeah. items that are in the cart both at the top and the bottom of the checkout screen. Or, like, there's a bunch of them, uh, wow. and that's only just some of the top few. We finally uh, we got really lucky because uh, the developer that wrote uh, a VAT add-on for us. Just happens to be in Germany, and so he just handles all of it, <laughs> which is kind of nice so he if if he runs into an issue like that, the core API doesn't support making some adjustment, he tells us, and we make it, uh, but we don 't have to worry about it nearly as much now wow but yeah Crazy. german German tax laws are painful've yeah, mm-hmm.
0: i've gotten requests from German customers about our um... Invoices not being uh-huh. good enough because <laughs> they we they... get that all the time. Yeah, so I had to like implement some, add some extra information to our invoices and stuff.
1: Yeah, we actually have an extension that uh, got released uh, a month or so ago, actually from WP Beginner and Syed uh, and Optin Monster and all the guys behind those projects. Um, that specific, it's specifically designed to allow the customer to go generate their own invoice and to update it with their own customer meta anything any like their vat numbers or their company names and they can do it anytime they want as often as they want just give them a blank just, just, just give so them that a we google doc handle and it. they can just write their own yeah basically, <laughs> give them a blank invoice that has the amount and the products they purchased and everything else they get to input <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice nice uh, that's hilarious yeah i get i've gotten that request That happens uh, in in Restricted Content Pro as well, where someone Mm -hmm. says, like, "Uh, I need to add this little piece of metadata. And I go in and look, and I'm like, there's nowhere for me to put this metadata. Can I, like, drop it on your company name? Does that work? Like, sure, it'll work. Nice. Uh, But, yeah, taxes are painful. It's one of... About every month when we sometimes... Like, almost every month we'll have some bug or change Mm -hmm. of taxes. And every time one of our developers jokes, you know... We should have just never put taxes in. Like our user base would be about a hundred times smaller, but our lives would be so much easier. <laughs> or if we just like said, we're not putting taxes in, but we'll build a tax cloud add on. And we're just gonna offload all taxes to third parties. Like our lives would be so much easier.
2: Uh I I would think about it, Pippin. If I if I used if I had to sell stuff on my site, I would I would think about it. Just oh. offloading all taxes no matter what.
1: Yep. So it's, uh, we've seriously considered it quite a few times.
2: (laughs) So are you guys
0: for WooCommerce, are you guys using geolocation to deal with the EU VAT
2: stuff? So that is, that is part, that has something to do with the new EU VAT laws. Um, it was a last minute decision to add it in there, but it does help with, you know, show, you know, getting someone's, uh, boy, it, It'll get their IP and it'll show it'll show them the correct taxes without them having to be on you know be in the checkout screen. Like I think it'll show them I on see. the card page. Oh, that's pretty um,
0: clever. Yeah. So and, and then well, it'll def- default country selection as well. It'll do that kind of thing or.
2: It'll probably do that. This was literally added just a few days ago, so I actually haven't tried it since then. But it, oh, okay. it should do. It should do. It should help with that. The one of the parts that's so tricky with this new EU VAT stuff is showing people the correct ta- the correct taxes all the time based on where they are. Right. Which of course you don't usually know until the checkout page.
1: Right.
0: Right. And you have to show them with the new
1: rules. You have to show them the tax. Well, technically, if you want to be one hundred percent compliant, yes. Huh. And
2: I. And I think different countries are different. So I think, you know, in the UK you're always supposed to show it with VAT included, and in Germany you're supposed you have to show it with the maybe with VAT included, but you also have to show what percentage of the total is the VAT. You know, so there's it it's it's unbelievably complex and I only know just a I only know just a fragment of it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all all of the VAT stuff is pretty painful, but mm-hmm. We've yep. had to face quite a bit of it, too. It's really, really obnoxious.
2: I'm I'm so thankful that we created that, or that we, and I, it looks like you guys did, too. You created a, a Taxamo integration. I think yeah. that's, like, the best thing for anyone who wants to sell digital goods to Europe is just to install that. You don't have to worry about just you know, be done. having... Yep, just install it, be done.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had one. Uh, there's one for Restricted Content Pro that's getting finished up as well. Um I actually was not really involved with writing either of them. I just kind of talked to the people that were building them to get them, uh, get them built. It helps helped facilitate some of the development of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really glad they're there. For one, because it just, aside from, like, my own sites, if I want to be compliant with VAT, like, when we have a customer that says, hey, this is what I'm dealing with, all we have to do is point them to tax modes. like, look, this will take care of everything for you. You're done. Yep. Hmm. So nice. So, so nice. Um, so we've got a little bit more time left what is next for you in your WooCommerce work or anything else, anything else related to your WordPress work
2: so okay I think I got two things I want to talk about, one I'm writing a WooCommerce book which is really exciting but I had no idea how draining writing a book would be and writing a book like on a schedule I mean I'm sure you guys have had that thing where you try to like write a blog post every week and you know, the first two or three weeks it's easy. And then, you know, you start, it's, it's like that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is totally (laughs) draining and I got two chapters left and then I'm, so that's about two weeks and then I'm going to be done.
1: What's the focus of, obviously the focus is WooCommerce, but is it, is it a developer's book? Is it a user's book? Who's the target audience for it? Uh, you know, it's a good, that's a
2: good question. It's, it's kind of the way it's formatted, it actually works really well for both. So there's 10 chapters. And in each chapter, there's like 10, 10 how to do this. And like I'd say the first seven are really easy and usually installing plugins and clicking settings. And the last three usually dip into code and how to customize this and customize this and use hooks here and, and do all that. So I mean, regular users can read through the first, I'd say, the first seven or eight in every chapter. And then developers can take it a step further with the last couple ones. Hmm. That's
1: awesome.
0: Is this uh, going to be something you're going to sell, or is it you're just going to give it away, or what's what's the plans?
2: I so have you guys read um, what is it? Authority by Nathan Barry. I've heard of it. I have not read it. Same. So oh okay. So first of all, definitely go go read it. It's awesome. He totally convinced me to self publish, and and then I realized how much work it was, and I was. I was uh, losing motivation, and then a publisher reached out to me through some other WooCommerce people, and they recommended me to this publisher. So nice. when the publisher knocked on my door, I'm like, "Okay, uh, this this seems easier because they, you know, they have a format. They have, they'll do all the marketing. They'll put it on Amazon. They'll put it on their own site. That type of stuff."
0: Ah, oh,
1: cool. And now this is going to be just an ebook, right? Or are you also doing a physical version?
2: Yeah, there's a physical version. It. Oh, awesome. I don't. I don't know. I would. I would be amazed. I would. I would be really, really, really happy if it was in like my local Barnes and Noble. I don't think so. I don't think there are that many of those books out there. But maybe I'll request it at Barnes and Noble and they'll get it. And then That'll I'll just leave it on cool. the shelves there. Have you
1: Have you done a lot of writing before, or is this really a whole new area for you?
2: Oh no, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I've I've been blogging. Awesome. 11 blocks would jump in <laughs> immediately over their head, but keep going through. I, I,
0: I read, I read a book about writing and now <laughs> I thought I would try it.
1: It's great. I,
2: that is how I deal with life is like, if you want to learn to swim, you jump in the deep end and you struggle for like the first few minutes. You're like, Oh my God, I'm going to drown. And then usually you figure it
1: out. And then okay. as long as it's not lethal, you're good. That's exactly how I do things. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it's a great um, way to learn. Uh, trial by fire.
2: Very much. Um, so what else? The other,
1: what, yeah, what's next? The other
2: thing is I'm really excited just... So since I've been in this role, we're still kind of catching up with projects that had been started before I took on this role, and so we're just now getting into the beginning of 2015, projects that I had started when I, when I took the role... So stuff like, um, I planned out a Square integration, and I'm just really excited that people, you know, who have, who use Square just for conferences can now do cool stuff like sync inventory between their Square store and their WooCommerce store. Like that's, I, I, I love little things like that, and it should be one of those extensions where you set it up, you say, sync products both ways, and then it just does it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's excellent. So that, uh, does that also integrate, I've never looked at the, uh, the Square API or how it mm-hmm. works, but does that uh, integrate with the Square Marketplace? Or is it just for their POS system?
2: Uh, what do you mean by the Square
1: Marketplace? Do you mean, so, like, yeah, what do you mean? Have, uh, is it marketplace.square? Let me see, let me find this real quick. So okay. they actually have like an online catalog of merchants that are selling with Square. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not sure, like, if every Square merchant is automatically part of it. Uh, Yeah, it's called uh, squareup.com slash market.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, this This is, I don't, I didn't see anything in their API about this, and no one requested it, so I don't, I don't know. I, I have to look into this more. It uh, looks it looks like it's like random products from various stores, which is it does. Cool. Uh,
1: I've I bought something from it once, and it was a pretty cool experience. It works really well, mm-hmm. uh, but I have no idea how to get stuff on here. So this is the first time. I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that's worked with the Square or API.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I love Square. I I just I, I want to start selling like beer cozies at the farmers market
1: or something to, <laughs> to Uh both of my sisters are artists and they go to art shows every now and then and they both use Square to sell their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom does too. And it's awesome. Like I have a Square reader. Uh I have just like the little swiper, but I've mm-hmm. off- uh I think I think someone in my family has the actual like um uh, cash register thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is really cool. I love... I just love... want to sell stuff to people and swipe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I I just love seeing it like coffee shops. I don't know. Like, I just know they're using a system that's, like, lean and mean and not some really crappy old POS yeah. system.
1: Uh, my local coffee shop here uses a system <laughs> called Shopkeep. And every time I go in there, I, I always want to, like, why didn't you use Square? Why didn't you use Square? <laughs> you guys know about Square? It's really cool. It works way better than yours does. Yours goes down mm. like every day. You should use Square. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's. It's funny that you just said crappy POS system. Oh. <laughs> POS it's also a, it's
2: stands It's a very for... appropriately
1: named system. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Nice. Should we wrap it up? Well, that's at, very, that's very cool. Um, Keep us updated, Patrick, on the release of your e your ebook, and if that ends up hitting stores, I'll be very interested interested to check that out. Cool, will do. Uh, I wanted to tell everybody where they can find you. Way to get so,
2: to- so if you just want to chat about WooCommerce, the best place is probably on Twitter, and I'm just BF Trick on Twitter. That's a long story why I have that handle. And then uh, you, I have like a million WooCommerce tutorials on my blog, my programming blog, which is speakinginbytes.com. That's another long story why I have that URL.
1: But uh, Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a quick shout-out to, to Patrick. I've had the opportunity to work with him several times. Great guy, top-notch developer. Uh, so if you're looking for a developer or just want to talk to someone, go hit up hit Patrick. Uh, and we'll be seeing, seeing you uh, next week at Pressonomics.
2: Yeah. Looking forward to it.
1: Right. So if anybody who's listening is also going to be at Pressonomics, uh, say hi. We'll all be there. Yep. Don't be shy. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Patrick.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, Adios. Patrick. All right, bye.